need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China, then this is your show, China Business Cast. So episode number 62, China Business Cast. It's Mike here and my buddy Shlomo. How are you, Shlomo, today? Hey, Mike. How are you doing? How are you doing? It's good. It's good. I mean, I like the birds in the background and uh, <laughs> we're testing your mic, but uh, a little bit of tech. I mean, I think you sound clear to me. Okay. We'll let the, we'll let the listeners uh, judge. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting in my backyard here in Israel and this, these, you hear the birds. It's cool. Um, my microphone just got broken, so I apologize of that for the quality. But uh, let us know. I'm interested to know if you guys are um, happy enough about this. Sure. Um, hopefully. And we might, might not, we might be able to sit next to each other for a, a show coming up soon. You might be coming over to Shenzhen. I'm, I'm all excited over here. Yeah, I've been checking this for the past uh, the few days. Uh, if I should come to uh, uh, TechCrunch tech Shenzhen, uh, and that might happen. There are good chances that I will be coming, and then, of course, uh, we'll be meeting. Um, uh, then I'm, I'm coming for other other meetings. So if you're there, we'd be happy to see you. Um, uh, and of course, you like. Yeah, I mean, of course, well, we're gonna ha- we're, we're talking about we're gonna do a meetup no matter what, and we will. Say more information on the next show before the uh, before the uh, event. So stay tuned for next episode for the date and location. We're talking to TechCrunch now about it. Yeah, just just so you know, uh, TechCrunch is in Shenzhen between the seventeenth and the twentieth of June. Um, and as Mike said, um, we're planning to do a China Business Cast Meetup. That's our first one. Woo! And um, yeah, we don't know yet the date and. The exact uh, date and times so we're going to announce it on our social media and um, and on the next show as well. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Both of us together and a meetup. It's going to be a it's going to be a big 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 event for China Business Cast listeners. So we hope we get some of you guys there. Yeah. Um, by the way, um, speaking of meetups, um, I was uh, two days ago in a meetup in Israel and. That's in a, in a, it's a company that have a, a lot of accelerators around uh, the world. Their name is Tech, Tech Code. And they uh, invited the Beijing municipality to show how they can support startups. Now, um, I, I used to live in Beijing for a few years and know the startup scene pretty well there. And I had some tough questions to ask them. And these guys had really had no answer, no no specific answer on that. That was pretty annoying to know. I was asking about the Lean Startup Meetup I'm, I'm organizing. It's almost 2,000 members. And I was asking them, how can they support? And they said, uh, well, we don't know your organization so much, so send us information. It's kind of, we don't know yet. And um, the other thing, which is n- not necessarily about Beijing, but uh, I think all over China is the entrepreneurship visa. And they've been talking that they can support the companies uh, or startup companies coming to Beijing. But then what about entrepreneurs coming to open their company? They don't have a mean to come because they don't have a visa. So they said that currently they have no solution on that. I hope that one day we can give up some information uh, from of, of any progress in that for, for entrepreneurs wanting to come to China in general to open their startup there. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, 
it's it's always the hardest. It's what we try to do here at China Business Cast and helping make it a little bit easier for for foreigners in China. But there's still a lot of challenges. So, so uh, and then your meetup sounded interesting, and you gave them some challenging questions. Uh, we I also had a a workshop last week. We're starting a new series on Global from Asia's expert network. We had Mayer, another Israeli entrepreneur that. You know, Shlomo, that gave an amazing workshop, full-day workshop on Amazon leverage, so tactics and strategies for growing your Amazon FBA business. So it did really, really well received. We got amazing feedback and testimonials. So uh, we're working on a next next one uh, in June, too. Maybe actually when you're in town, Shlomo. Oh, okay. I'm joining. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, and then, yeah, I would love to have you there and... Uh, and uh, it was really great. We talked about more exporting, you know, on the export side, but good business strategies overall. And of course, if people can't come to the China Business Cast meetup and enjoy the show, we, we have great ways you can support us. We have the Patreon page, which we've been talking about a few shows now. And uh, you guys can hop on over there at uh, chinabusinesscast.com slash support and it will automatically forward you to the Patreon page where you can see some updates Slomo has been putting in there and you can uh, choose even the smallest don- donation is uh, just a dollar and uh, it's it's a, it goes a long way and we'd really appreciate that, right Slomo? I know we're always yeah. checking yeah, it. New Great. And so what, who's this week? So you did the interview this week. Slomo, do you want to give us an intro of who we're talking to? Yeah, uh, so today we're uh, hosting uh, Alvin Wang Graylin. He's the president of Vibe at HTC. Uh, he's in uh, Beijing, and, and he's all about AR, VR, a very hot topic these days in Beijing. Uh, not in Beijing, in China in general. Um, the Chinese government is putting a lot of money in, in, in that industry, so this is uh, very, very interesting. Um, that was a very, very interesting conversation as well. You want to Dive in? Yeah, let's dig in. Dig in. So hello, everybody, and welcome to another China Business Cast. Uh, today, we've got a special guest. Uh, his name is Alvin Wang Graylin. Uh, some of the people in our China Business Cast WeChat group knows him. He's well into AR, VR, and currently the China president of Vive uh, at HTC. I read through his bio while uh, I was uh, researching for this uh, interview, uh, and he does a lot of other stuff, but I let him just uh, do the intro. So, Alvin, welcome. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Shogo. Uh Why don't you tell us a bit of what you're currently doing these days? Uh, sure, sure. So, um, right now, I, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm running the, uh, the China business for, for HTC uh, Vice Business in China. Uh, in addition to that, uh, I am also the, uh, I guess, the president of the VRVCA, which is the Virtual Reality Venture Capital Alliance. It's mm-hmm. a group of about 50 venture capitalists from around the world that uh, invest uh, specifically in, in the AR, VR business and the total about $18 billion of investable capital. Uh, I'm also the vice chair of the IVRA, which is the uh, Industry of VR Alliance. That's about 300 uh, member company uh, industry alliance, which uh, is focused on uh, helping improve the growth, uh, sustainable growth of the of the VR, AR industry uh, in China and globally and helping create standards that will help uh, the, the user experience and help more interoperability between the industry groups. Um, I also spent a lot of time working with our uh, Asia-based 
um, biotech companies. So uh, the the Shenzhen, uh, the Beijing, and our new uh, Israel uh, biotech are uh-huh. all under uh, my uh, my uh, oversight as well. So uh, okay. a lot of different. Things. That's a lot. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's a lot. Okay, so for our listeners who are not familiar with the AR VR market in China, um, can you give maybe give a quick overview? Um, I read a post of yours that seems that China is no less than the promised land for AR VR. What do you think? <laughs> well, um, I think China is definitely one of the places where this new technologies will uh, reach mass adoptions of passes. And uh, you know, for for multiple reasons, and uh, you know, one of the key reasons is the government is actually very, very supportive uh, of new technology, and particularly have cited uh, VRAR as um, a, a core initiative for the next five-year plan. It was also identified by President Xi in his G20 speech, mm-hmm. and uh, just uh, recently, it's also been uh, a uh, part of the the key memo to all the major. Cities as a key initiative to push, in addition to uh, artificial intelligence. So uh, you know, when the government's behind something in China, it just happens a lot faster. Yes. Uh, in terms of of the, uh, I guess, the ingenuity and um, and the entrepreneurial spirit of, of the country, we can also see that it's also being adopted in a lot of uh, places that hasn't seen similar types of growth in, in the rest of the of the of the world yet. Uh, particularly in the uh, loca- location-based entertainment side, so uh, VR cafes and VR arcades. There's, you know, five to six thousand of them already in the mm-hmm. market. Whereas, in a lot of other places in the world, that's still non-existent. Uh, in terms of VR cinemas, that's already starting to happen as well here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recently started uh, cooperation with a couple of different. Uh, partners that will be getting in, uh, hundreds of these out in the next year or so. Uh, we're also working with hotels, uh, several hotel groups, to make uh, VR-enabled hotel rooms. Um, oh. There's also a lot of architect firms that are using it on a daily basis for for creating, uh, you know, new renderings for for homes or large buildings. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, real estate is one of the major areas for for growth uh, in terms of uh, you know with the co- high cost of Real estate compared to people's income levels here, mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be a greater need for smaller apartments that are more affordable, uh, but doesn't make people you know feel too cramped. And the VR can can do that. Uh, you know, in terms of travel, we we recently announced a partnership with the uh, Chinese Travel Bureau, where we're uh, going to be putting VR into all of the offline travel service offices. There's about two hundred thousand of them around the country. And uh, you know, using that as a way for people to really get a sense of where they're going before they buy their tickets or buy their travel packages. Uh-huh. So you know, it's it just you know, throughout various areas, including wow. uh, you know, schools. Schools right now are you know one of the places where we think VR is going to take off um, the, the fastest because you know we've done recent studies that shown you know when children use VR to to learn, they just learn more and they learn faster and they retain more. And, uh, and as we all know, Asian parents are very uh, conscious of the, you know, the, the, the education factors. That's an that understatement. <laughs> so, um, so all in all, you know, it, it definitely it is a market we, we, we think uh, will have a huge impact. And not to mention it is, you know, 1.3 billion people and uh, with a relatively uh, high uh, propensity to to buy new technology when we can when they, they can see value in it and mm-hmm. um, you know that the value is presenting now from uh, you know B2B and BDC sectors 
uh, are, are definitely uh, quite visible. Uh, not to mention the you know the biggest gaming market in the world right now is also China, and so yep. uh, and the biggest movie market in the world. I think the second biggest movie market in the world is China, but it will probably become the biggest in the next couple of years. So, you know, all 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 really good reasons why China is uh, is, is the promised land. More more and more important. I don't know about the promised <laughs> land, but, but it is going to be more and more so, important. So let's see. Let's talk about other other places. Um, you mentioned that uh, VR is is in many many sectors, and we'll we'll dive into uh, different sectors in a minute. But uh, I wonder um, how is it doing versus the West? Do you see the same levels of innovations in this in AR VR uh, versus? other countries or maybe the West is still a little bit uh, ahead. I don't know if, if you can really compare this exactly, but I wonder what you're thinking. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think uh, if, you, if you look at, let's say, uh, we'll start with high-end VR, right? High-end VR today, uh, you know, HTC uh, Vive definitely represents the, the best of class in the high-end VR space uh, for the consumer space, right? And, uh, you know, it is a, a, a greater China company. So uh, if you're looking, you know, a, a Taiwanese company is part of greater China. So from that perspective, mm-hmm. and, you know, even, even if you look at Sony, which is one of the, you know, the best console-based VR companies, it's also based in Asia, right? So when you talk about the East versus the West, uh, at least, you know, uh, two of the, the three leading companies globally are, are actually in the East. Are, are, are Asian. Now, if you look at what's going on in terms of the, the, the second tier brands, you know, companies like um, uh, Da Pong or Three Glass or Bao Pong, you know, or Pico, all of these are actually uh, Chinese, uh, mainland Chinese companies that have, you know, relatively impressive products for their price, price uh, segment, right? So, uh, whereas in, in the U.S., really, you just see Oculus and you know, there's a few minor players, but you just don't hear anything about them or, or see real products in the market. Uh-huh. So from, from a, a real go-to-market perspective or technology innovation, most of it is actually happening happening in China. In fact, if you look at what's happening with Oculus and Sony, both of those companies, their products are manufactured in China. So, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it, from, from that perspective, uh, it's, it's, uh, China seems to be leading the globe today in, in the hardware technology side. If you look at the first wireless, uh, you know, enabled VR, uh, high-end VR system, it was made by TPCast, which is also a China Beijing-based company that was funded by Vivex. Mm-hmm. If you look at the eye-tracking technology, the first one to go to market for a eye-tracking upgrade for the high-end systems, it's, you know, Seven and Minson. Uh, it's also based in Beijing and another Vivex company. Right. So, yeah. from from innovation perspective, uh, a lot of that's happening here. From the software perspective, or or kind of software platform perspective, you know, things like Unity and Unreal and other tools, a lot of that's happening in the West. Right. Uh, from a content perspective, um, you know, there, there's I think about forty percent of Viport, or actually about twenty five percent of Viport uh, developers are Chinese developers. So it's not the biggest. But in terms of total Viport um, applications, mm-hmm. it accounts for almost 50% of all Viport applications. Right. So, uh, from a content perspective, you know, China is also becoming more and more important. Um, although I still think that the, the top tier AAA players is still mostly, uh, you know, from the West. Right? I see. So, um, you know, in terms of, of total quantity, I, I think the productivity of the Chinese firms are actually quite high. In mm-hmm. terms of uh, pure quality, 
uh, that's probably still uh, being led by by the Western Western companies. I see. Um, I told you just before we started recording that um, uh, I made an experiment and asked our community on our WeChat group to ask a few questions and and add into this interview. So from now on, most of the questions I'm going to ask is from the community. And um, it was interesting to see the engagement. I'm really happy about this. Uh, and I, I hope you're ready for, for, for those. Those are sometimes very specific, uh, but these are very interesting questions. Uh, and they're diving into different different sectors. So the first one is actually talking about content, which you just mentioned. And uh, David from our group is asking, what need to change to solve the lack of VR content and what HTC is doing to solve this? Okay. So, um, I mean, I, I think that the lack of content may be, may be a little bit uh, overstated. Uh, I mean, we've gone from, you know, 50 pieces of Vive content when we, when we launched last year in, in April to probably over 2,000 pieces of Vive-enabled content today. Right? Okay. I mean, that, that, that's a, a very large, large increase over a relatively short time. Now, if you, if you, uh, you know, also look at what's happening with all the, the video-based con- 360 video, volumetric video content, that numbers is much, much larger, right? Um, if you look at what's going to happen in the near future, with uh, AAA titles that are coming uh, down the road from players like uh, you know Bethesda, or from Ubisoft, or from Valve, you know there's also a lot of great content coming down the road. You know the the, the key thing to, to realize is that you know good high quality content is it takes time to make right, and and the platform today it's only been in the market for less than a year. So uh, mm-hmm. you know most most AAA content takes somewhere between two to three years. To, to create. So the, the fact that you know there hasn't been a lot of huge big AAA content, uh, partly just because it takes time. And two is that a lot of AAA studios, they like to see that you know there's you know 10 million or more potential users out there before they launch something uh, so that they can get they can recoup their investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, one thing that we, we are doing and, and some of the other uh, firms in the industry are doing is, is we're helping you know support and sponsor some of these content so that there there is more content out there than there should be from a natural organic basis because you know they don't have to worry so much about making uh, money on, on every product they make right mm-hmm. you know whether it's it's indie shops doing it or whether working with some of the IP vendors to, to get IP content and then letting you know either our internal teams or other other, other external teams work with it. You know, or working with the, the movie studios. I, I know you know you probably heard about our deal with Warner Brothers and the Ready Player One deal, where we're going to be making all of the content for Ready Player One, all the VR content. You know, so so we I think we're we're actually quite um, quite active in, in making sure that the developer community uh, can make money from this uh, from this new platform or this this new uh, new user group. In addition, that you know they. Have lots of different ways to publish. So we, we, you know, we're the first to market with uh, a arcade-based solution, so that we can take all these thousands of offline arcades and, and create revenue streams for the content providers. You know, we're the first ones to create a a uh, you know mobile VR-focused uh, platform in, in Viper M, 
so that we can allow people making cardboard or other low-end mobile solutions to actually have a distribution platform and then make money. Right? Mm-hmm. We're also the, the first company in the world to uh, enable a subscription-based uh, VR store so that um, you, know, you have a, a recurring revenue stream for developers so that they can make money from their content. And you know, we're also the, the first company in the world to enable a advertising SDK, an in-app payment SDK, specifically for VR titles, so that you know, even free content can make money and survive you know, uh, and be able to pay their employees and so forth. I see, I see. Okay, so you're saying that the bottleneck will be solved soon and also actually actually on the works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there, there's definitely a lot of things that we're already doing today. And uh, there will be, you know, more and more content coming out uh, that that should satisfy the the, the you know, users' needs for for you know longer form content and you know more uh, deeper form content, more multi-user content, etc. Okay. Like the China Business Cast and want to get involved? We have special offers for supporters of the show, starting from just one U.S. dollar and up. We have something for everyone. Check out all the different ways to engage at www.chinabusinesscast.com slash support. That's www.chinabusinesscast.com slash support. Thanks. Let's talk a bit about education. And, and this question comes from Nate. Um, and uh, he's asking about if there are any classroom examples of Vive VR in action that you know of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, there's actually a number of uh, schools today that we're piloting with uh, in, in China, in Europe, in U.S. that have been using Vive uh, at various levels, whether in college level, in you know, K-12 level, and in, in the vocational level, right? Um, and they're using it for different purposes. You know, as I mentioned earlier, there are thousands of, of pieces of content out there today for Devive. And you know, some of the educational content are actually also specific to, to, to uh, topics or industries or, or content of the class. That are, they could be custom made. Right? Uh, we, we are in the process right now of uh, rolling out some kind of HTC-endorsed uh, education solutions um, which you know we've tried to uh, compile the the best vendors out there for different solutions, and then we're working with schools to implement them uh, or deploy them to uh, to their classrooms. Uh, we've also, you know, from a hardware and, and configuration perspective, um, you know, it's created kind of uh, I guess a sample classroom setups to allow for 30 units of Vive to work with only two lighthouses. Uh, thereby saving a lot of costs for the the schools, um, and uh, also in fact we we bundle that into a group uh, a group use bundle called the the Vive GE, which allows for ten units of of the Vive Business Edition together with two lighthouses and without controllers, so that you know the 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 classroom can choose to uh, get a, a much lower cost solution but uh, with a little bit less flexibility, right? So if you're, and you're sitting down in, in a, uh, a chair and doing more of a sit-down mode, you really don't need uh, as much upfront cost for the hardware uh, as you might need if you were doing you know, gameplay at home, right? Yeah, I see, I see. Okay, um, we got another question this time about media, and this one comes from Zina, um, and she's uh, asking about... Um, She's asking, what kind of change will its 
HTC's products will bring to media if there is and how many of that kind of media companies in China would like to use VR in news or news products. She's also asking about broadcast planning on doing VR content for news or travel shows. You mentioned travel before. Sure, sure. Um, so I assume when you talk about media, you mean mass media like, like TV or, or, or live, live streaming, yes. broadcast, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, right, right, right now, both from a, a uh, advertising media perspective as well as, um, you know, broadcast media, there's already companies doing it for live sports, for concerts, uh, for some limited amount of news broadcasts. Uh, for TV and for movies, right? So there, there are now movies being being filmed uh, in in 360. Uh, I wouldn't say there's necessarily real VR. That's probably one of the very, uh, I guess, uh, preliminary levels of VR where somebody can get 360 video, but not really volumetric. Um, I know there are companies now working with uh, cameras that will give you. Uh, some relatively limited volumetric capture where you can maybe move your head within about a, a meter space, uh, you know, side to side or, or front and back. Um, and and all, of, all of this is actually, uh, you know, all kind of developed over the last year or so. We, we've actually also invested in a couple, couple of companies in this space mm-hmm. in terms of the camera uh, uh, technology as well as the streaming technology. Uh, you know, uh, companies are also using it for uh, Twitch type, you know, um, content streaming. Uh, I know that uh, Yuku is now starting to use it for uh, live streaming for these, uh, you know, um, Zhibua kind of um, uh, kind of hosted live streaming, whether it's, you know, uh, people teaching other people how to do something or, or just having kind of group chat uh, environments where there's a there's a host that, that you know uh, interacts with hundreds, if not thousands, of, of their fans. Okay. You know, so all, all of this stuff is, is, is happening today, and and for travel, um, we also you know have worked with a number of companies who are doing 360 travel filming, where they'll go to specific locations and and uh, tourist destinations and and you know uh, broadcast or or pre pre film this information, which then can be uh, rebroadcast. So um, all, all, all of that is uh, is already happening today and uh, will become more and more so uh, going forward. Wow, that's that's really exciting. It's like get an all, coming into all sectors. Yeah. Junes from our group actually has more concern about, and I'm not sure if how we can relate to this, what psychological effects will VR bring to human minds like smartphones that we have in daily lives? Are there any researches about this, something that people think about? I mean, this is a kind of a big question. It is, um, but it I, is. <laughs> in terms of, in terms of a psychological effect, that's uh, kind of a broad uh, broad scope. So I think one thing we, we do know pretty uh, clearly is that uh, you know, VR can be used and, and has been used to greatly impact the learning of people, both kids and adults. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, um, you know, what studies have shown is that uh, about a third of people are visual learners, a third of people are audio learners, and a third of people are, are kinesthetic learners. Uh-huh. And so um, when, when we do classroom-type learning or when we do uh, MOOC-based online learning, you're really only taking in, into advantage about you know one third of those types of, of, of learners. But when you're putting on a headset and you allow people to to see, hear, and touch, and and be able to interact with the content that they're trying to learn, they engage their entire brain and they, they learn more, they learn faster, and they retain more. And that that's something that uh, applies to both children 
uh, and adults. So that's something that, that we're quite uh, concerned about. Uh, in terms of um, another psychological effect that, that we found uh, from the, the initial study that we've seen is that it can also be a really uh, impactful thing in terms of creating empathy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's been it's been used in many cases uh, in um, uh, an NGO type organizations trying to help people, you know, appreciate or or, or you know understand uh, the impact of, of things that are happening, whether it's it's the you know the the uh, ecological impact of global warming, whether it's um, deforestation, whether it's uh, the supply of refugees in, in, in you know, camps in, in different places in the world. When, when you put on a headset, you can start to, to appreciate and feel you know, how it is to be these people. And when you can feel what it's like to be like them, you can start to appreciate their difficulties or appreciate the truth behind it. Right. Um, and so um, when, when you know, when uh, they they shown that kind of information, what they found is that people will donate more, and they will change their behavior. You know, even when uh, they've done studies where they show this, a person a picture of a person looking in the mirror, and and they've done a uh, aging process on that person, it makes that person when they come out more uh, likely to save for the future because they can see themselves in the future. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, psychological impact is probably one of the strongest sides of what VR can deliver uh, because, you know, your, your eyes and your ears and your hands are, it's kind of a direct input to your brain. So, um, you know, we, we see more and more things coming down and, and, you know, pretty soon we're going to be doing a, a living in VR study where we put users in 30 days uh, into VR without coming out. And then we'll learn a lot more wow. about what happens environment. when you have a Yes, when you have a sustained long-term use of VR and how that impacts you. I see, I see. Wow, that's that's really interesting. Um, we're getting towards the end of the of our call, and I know that you have to go to your next meeting. Um, we have a similar question that we ask uh, all our interviewees, and I want to hear maybe two books that you read that you really can recommend our, our uh, listeners uh, that you found interesting that will be helpful for our listeners. Sure. Um, well, I think in, in terms of a, a novel that I, I really I really enjoyed uh, was Ready Player One, and that's that's the project that we're working with Warner Brothers on uh, that to turn it into a movie that uh, Steven Spielberg is working on, which will release the beginning of uh, 2018. And in terms of a more you know uh, kind of uh, uh, nonfiction content or a knowledge based information, uh, I would recommend actually if, if people have time to read a book called the VR book. It's a it's a little bit of a thick book. But okay. it, it really gives you a very broad history uh, of the technology, as well as uh, both, you know, uh, detailed technical uh, information about uh, all aspects of uh, VR technology. So, uh, you know, th- those would be two books that would one give you more of a long-term view of how it might impact our lives, uh-huh. and one is, you know, how how does this thing actually work? Great, thank you very much for that. Um, we will add this in the show notes so people can can download the book and reach to them uh, easily. Um, one last thing: how people can actually reach out to you if they have questions. Uh, what's the best ways to get in touch? Um, probably, you know, they're they're welcome to um, add me on on Twitter. It's uh, a Graylin A G R A Y L I N on Twitter uh, or LinkedIn. Alvin Graylin on LinkedIn. Okay, we're going to add these as well. Alvin, I know you have to go. Uh, that was really, really interesting. And must say, I haven't asked, I didn't ask all the questions I had um, from from the audience and either the, the stuff that I prepared, but um, uh, that's enough for a starting, but bring you for another round. 
All right. Very good. Thanks, Lomo. And, Thank you uh, very much. <laughs> you too. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Like the China Business Cast and want to get involved? We have special offers for supporters of the show, starting from just one U.S. dollar and up. We have something for everyone. Check out all the different ways to engage at www.chinabusinesscast.com slash support. That's www.chinabusinesscast.com slash support. Thanks. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry, China Business Cast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.